Hello and welcome to the January 13th edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. As mentioned on the previous podcast I released a couple of days ago, I wanted to talk through the COVID situation in the NBA, as well as what recommendations I have for your teams in the various leagues that you're a part of. Before I get into that, I just want to open up a question that came through to me from the mailbag from a Matthew Spedding. Hopefully, I've pronounced that one right. He asked, how long until LaMelo gets to start in Charlotte? So, thank you very, very much, Matt. Um, Personally, I think it's going to be before the end of the month. It's not going to be too long until he gets to start there. After the win against the Hawks a couple of nights ago, Coach Borrega was full of praise and said that ball just gets it and the mindset's there, which is as glowing praise as you can get from your head coach. He's a much better player than than Graham and Rogier. He's averaging 25 minutes per game for the year so far, 28 minutes over the last week, and over the last two games, he's averaging 30.5 minutes. Borrego has spoken a few times about doing a three-guard lineup. We've only seen that for about 14 minutes so far this year, so I don't put too much in that right now. But regardless of that lineup or not, his minutes are trending up and they're going to continue to rise. To get you, I suppose, even more excited if you are a LaMelo Ball owner, his per 36 numbers are 18 points, two and a half triples, 10 boards, eight and a half assists, 2.3 steals and half a block. The percentages are never going to be there with him. It's all of the counting stats that you're really looking for as a LaMelo Ball owner. But yeah, I mean, if you are excited about him, you should be. If you are concerned that he's not going to get much better than what he is because you need him to get into a starting role. I don't think that that is the case. I think either way, he's going to be at 34, 35, even 36 minutes in a couple of weeks. He is just finding his legs in the NBA. He clearly looks as though he belongs, so I wouldn't be too concerned. He's going to get the start. If he doesn't get the start, then he's going to be getting those minutes, and I think he's comfortably going to win the Rookie of the Year award. So on to the COVID segment. Um, well, first, I, I've i got a, a couple of listeners in the UK. I've got a, a fair few listeners in the US. So those guys are, are struggling a bit more than what we are in Australia. So I do hope that everybody's families are well. Uh, obviously, stay indoors where you can, wear a mask where you can. It's uh, not nice, this COVID stuff. So um, yeah, please stay safe. So how it relates to the NBA and how it relates to fantasy. So Adam Silver, he's been pretty adamant from the start that the league won't get put on pause. And obviously, he's given his his reasons and he hasn't really said too much about the timeline, but that was something that was very, very questionable at the start of the year. That's why they pushed for a December start instead of a January start. And they are still on a very strict timeline to make sure that they're finished with enough time that they're not competing ratings-wise, they're not competing with the Olympics, and that each player can safely return home and play for their respective company so they can play with their respective countries. So I think that the NBA is going to persist until we get to a stage where nobody in the league can field a side. I think that they're going to do some things on their end, where, which is maybe building out the teams a bit more so that they can cope whenever teams go down or whenever players go down and they're not stuck with trying to put you know Mike Scott into a uniform even though he physically can't play and only playing seven players. It's not a good look for the league. 
it's not going to make for a competitive season, which is obviously what the NBA wants as well. So they're going to make some changes on their side. They already have spoken about whenever you aren't traveling with the team and you are in your home state playing, only going to designated places that they pretty much say. They're only talking about only having 10 minutes before the game that they can have a bit of a game plan and a game brief. Players on the court are only allowed a fist bump. None of this whispering in each other's ears like you saw with Bradley Beal and and Jason Tatum. So the league is putting some things in place. It seems as though they're just kind of band-aiding it for the time being. I think that there's going to be some bigger changes. But for now, obviously, we can only do what we can do. So what your leagues can do. I'm a commissioner of a couple of leagues. I'm not a commissioner for most of them. And there are some that I play in that I've never met any of the guys. So it's going to be tough to have any sort of influence on that. If you are a league commissioner, I, I do recommend having a, having a bit of a think about how you can keep your league-specific competitive because everybody's in it together kind of a thing. So changes to the structure of your league. So especially on the ESPN app, I know that they can do it. I'm not so sure about the Yahoo or Fantrax ones or even the Sleeper ones, but on the ESPN app, you, you can add in an additional IR spot. So whether that is COVID specific or otherwise, that's up to you. That's up to, to the discussions that you have with your members of your league. The way that I've got it in a couple is that it has to be, so there's two IR spots where there was one or I've just added one in and that's a free-for-all. But the one that already was in there, there's an IR spot which is for injured players and there is one which is for COVID-specific outages. It is a little bit harder to monitor and if you're playing with people that you've played with for years, then you'd hope that there's going to be a bit of an honesty policy here. We run it so that if the main reason for a player being out is COVID-related, then you can put them into the IR. If they're not, then they have to sit on your team. Obviously, you're going to get dobbed in by the person you're playing against. Everybody wants to win. And if there's somebody, if you're sitting with JJJ and you're sitting with Bogdan Bogdanovich in your IRs, neither of those guys are out for COVID. So you're going to get dobbed in and obviously repercussions around that. But I do recommend having a look at an additional IR spot for all of your legs. The other one would be an additional bench spot. So extending the bench out, whether you've got two, three, four, just adding one on there because it does take a couple of days for a player to go from day to day to out. And that obviously makes a bit of a difference. Whenever somebody gets done with COVID or or they're being ruled out, it does still take a couple of days, even though you know that they're going to be sitting for 10 to 14 days most likely. So an additional bench spot is another way that you can look at evening out your league because if you're not hit right now, chances are at some point in the year, you are going to get hit. So doing the right thing for... The league is only going to help in the long run. So your specific teams. So I've said it a few times now. What I recommend is freeing up your IR spot as quick as you can. I've got JJJ. I have had him all year. I drafted him. I drafted him too early, I would say, in hindsight. But I would free up your IR spot as soon as possible. So trading them out. I certainly wouldn't drop them unless you're holding somebody that was hot going into it, maybe a Seth Curry, uh, maybe a Bogdan Bogdanovich. They're probably not worth holding, maybe a Shake Milton, maybe not worth holding. So I would free up your IR spot um, and trade them out unless they're due to come back pretty imminently. So 
if that means that you take a little bit of a hit, but you mean but you're able to get another player who's actually playing, great. But I would definitely free that up because you can wake up one morning and all of a sudden two of your players are down to COVID and they're out for two weeks and you want to make sure that you can stash them without dropping them and play a waiver accordingly. Second point I've got is making sure you've got a deep enough roster. I have always been of the mindset that the whenever you're doing two-for-ones, for example, or three-for-twos or however you want to talk trades, offloading two good players for a great player is maybe not necessarily worth it. You want to be the one with the great player. This year, things are certainly different. I would say unless you're struggling to fit everybody in, I would opt for more good players as opposed to trading away two top 20 players for a top 10 player. You may not have those monster days where your team blows up for ridiculous amounts of points, deals, assists, whatever, whatever, but it does mean that your team is deeper. So if one player goes down, you recover. If you're running with four top 10 players because you've been savvy enough to trade your way into that and you're running four top 10 players and you're running six very, very mediocre players, maybe just in the top 100 and one of your studs goes down, you're going to lose that week. You may lose until that person comes back, whether it's COVID or other. I would opt for more good players as opposed to a team of stars and duds. So multiple players on the same team. So this is one that I've been trying to actively avoid at the moment. I've got a couple of teams that I manage that have got multiple players for, say, Chicago. And I'm trying to diversify my roster as much as possible. The virus can obviously get absolutely anybody at any moment, but you can mitigate some of those risks by not having three players from the same lineup, for example. I reckon I got lucky with the fact that when Markinen was ruled out, even though he didn't test positive, that Kobe White and Zach Levine also didn't get rubbed out because there's a just as likely of a chance as those guys getting rubbed out as your Ryan Archer, Diakonos, and all of the other guys who aren't necessarily fantasy relevant, but those guys getting rubbed out as well. The same as if I had Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I would have been flying up until the point where they get rubbed out. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. It's the same thing. And if one of your players gets it, then there is a fair chance that a couple other players on the team is going to get it. And if you've got multiple players on that same team, your players could all get rubbed out and they could all get rubbed out very quickly. And that would be very detrimental because the current timelines are 10 to 14 days and two weeks is 14 days. So you could cost you two weeks just by having a couple of players in the same team. Handcuffs. So know who is going to benefit the most from your players going down, whether that's Cam Reddish with Trey going down, Raul Nito with Westbrook going down, Levert with Kyrie going MIA, even though I would say that Levert is a must start and I would trade into him wherever you can right now because I personally don't know if Kyrie is going to be back ever in the NBA with how he's um, tracking right now, but I would make sure that you know who is going to, who your handcuffs are, especially for your studs, who is going to be the best players to own if they go down or if they get rubbed out for a week. It's going to take a little bit of time to do your research. Personally, I, I like to do it whenever I'm having a coffee in the morning or whenever I'm hopped into bed and I'm just kind of winding down. Just have a look at the players that are on your team, who is going to slide into that role 
who is currently maybe the sixth man or the seventh player on the on the bench who is going to fill in that usage and chuck them into your watch list because you want to be able to swing really, really quickly should something happen. Finally, probably the most important point I've got for fantasy in general, but very, very poignant right now is waivers. Make sure that you use your waivers. In every single daily setup, you have a number of waivers that you can use and it can make an absolutely massive difference to your week. It can be the difference between a win and a loss. And I highly, 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 obviously I highly recommend going for the win at every single point that you can. But right now, especially if you're in a shallow league, make sure you get the win whenever you can. I would I'd certainly sacrifice a couple of borderline waiver players to get some more games played and make sure that you can guarantee the win. There are players out there, your Brandon Clarks, your Boyan Bogdanoviches, that are really good players and probably worth rostering in most leagues. But if it comes down to the second last day or the final day and you need to get some more players in there to get yourself the win, make sure that you're dropping them to get some more players. They will bounce back onto the waivers at some point if you've tied to them and you really want to get them back. But right now, I would say... When you can go for the win, make sure you get it. There will come a time and it will happen to every single person who's playing fantasy. If you haven't been hit by COVID just yet, you will at some point and your team could get wiped out for a week and know that you're not going to get the win. And if you sacrificed the win to keep somebody who you only ended up dropping later or has been wiped out, you're going to rue that decision. So there's no point sacrificing a win early in the year for a mediocre player whenever you may not get the win later in the year anyway. Make sure you get the wins when you're in positions to get the wins. To, to kind of round back on all of those points, it looks as though the league is going to push ahead regardless of what's going on. They've got timelines they need to hit. They've got money that they need to make. And unfortunately, that is their goal. What can your leagues do? Add an additional IR, whether it's COVID-specific or otherwise, and or potentially add some additional bench spots so that you can play waivers if your players get ruled out. Specific two teams, free up that IR spot, make sure that you've got it ready to go because it seems as though players are going to get ruled out on a daily basis. Make sure you've got a good, deep roster. I wouldn't be trading two-for-ones for a great player unless they are elite right now. If it's just for a minor upgrade, I wouldn't be doing it. I'd be holding on to the two good players as a risk mitigation just while everything is going on the way it is because you don't know when or how many of your players are going to get ruled out. The same as having multiple players in the same team. If you've got two, three, or four players all playing for the one side, I would act on that really quickly and try and trade them out because one player goes down, you could lose a couple. Handcuffs, obviously knowing the benefactors to your players going down. And the final point and the most important point is play your waivers. If you get five a week, you get seven a week, you get 14 a week, whatever it is, make sure you use as many of them as you possibly can. I release a waiver wire podcast. I try and do everything that I can to, to make sure that you've got the schedule, to make sure you've got the best waiver wire pickups for the week and where you should be targeting you guys. So listen to that if you're not sure how to play waivers. Listen to that if you're not sure who to drop or who to pick up, but make sure you're playing your waivers. It is fundamentals of fantasy basketball and it is so so important that i think covers it all i've 
tried to cover as much of it as I can. I apologize if I have missed something. Please do let me know so that I can add it into a future podcast. But the next you'll hear from me is the week five waiver wire podcast, which will be in a couple of days towards the end of this week. Best of luck. Hopefully, everybody gets the win unless you're playing me. But I do hope that you have a good week nonetheless. Until then, if you've got any questions, reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at MarkFantasyLand or on the Gmail, fantasylandbasketball at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe.